It's a real good podcast, yeah. Yeah. Woo! Merry Christmas! And also, we want to wish you a happy Hanukkah, a happy Kwanzaa, happy Boxing Day, Merry Festivus. Um, am I missing any? Um, Ramadan, Ramadan. Um, some people might celebrate the birth of um, some really cool president that was probably born in December. I don't know. I'm making up holidays at this point. And welcome <laughs> to the Real Good Podcast. My name is Raymond Morris. And I'm Austin James. And we are decked out. If we were Halls, you would be singing a song about us because we are ready for the debate before Christmas. What we're going to be doing today is we're talking nothing but Christmas movies and TV shows. So here's the name, the game that we're going to be playing. It is called The Debate, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and we will talk about a certain, bring up a certain topic. We'll talk about what we think about it. And then we're going to settle on why are, we are going to pick a choice, a film, TV show, TV episode. You'll, you'll get the picture. Um, and we will choose our favorite. We will have to defend our favorite against the other person. And then we will see who wins the great debate. We'll see if our opinions change here. Um, and then you need to tell us whether or not we've actually changed your mind or add additional comments um, about the entire thing. So enough of me blabbering. Mm -hmm. Austin, let's start off with something simple. Okay. Let's get our palette going here. Okay. Um, my question for you is, to you, what makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie? Okay, so obviously, the big obvious one is Christmas is a theme of the movie. So uh -huh. it either occurs when Christmas is going on, but it doesn't have to be necessarily, like, for instance, an example is you could call Frozen a Christmas movie. So... It has themes of Christmas, but why you call it that one is because, you know, there's some reindeer, there's snowmen, but there's also kind of a moral to the story, which is always my big thing, is with a Christmas movie, I always kind of think it as is a movie that you can watch in this time of year, mm -hmm. and it makes you think of Christmas, but usually, you know, maybe because of the religious connections to this time of year, or whatever, it seems like, you know, even the goofiest ones, like Christmas Vacation, there's always some sort of a moral story to it in the end, where okay. it takes it like Die Hard to me, it just shoots up a guy and he falls off the yeah. top of a roof. Look, I think uh, we might as well start debating right now. Yeah. You said you said you consider Frozen a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. Does it actually happen at Christmas? Nope. See, that's my big thing. That's yeah. my big sticking point. If it's a Christmas <clears throat> movie, yeah, my big thing is it has to take place on Christmas. That's, mm -hmm. that's the biggest issue, where um, I understand, like, with the morals and themes and, you know, makes you feel good about all that, but you could argue that a lot of movies have a moral, have mm -hmm. a theme similar to the Yuletide cheer, yeah. but if it doesn't take place at Christmas, then it's just a good movie. Yeah. That's what that I would sense. argue. I would argue that, where I'm not saying that Frozen is a great movie. I remember we actually went and watched it in mm -hmm. theaters, um with friends, don't worry, it wasn't just us going on a bro date. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, <laughs> another Seinfeld reference. We're, we are on a roll. That's true. Um, but we, uh, um, so it needs to take place on Christmas. And it needs to have, you know, I like the moral and, and, and all that where it comes around at the end. I think that's really what it comes down to. And I think most of the time, uh, Christmas movies tend to be family affairs. Now, there are a few... Mm -hmm that are not um, 
such as there's a movie called A Christmas Horror Movie. Mm-hmm. A Christmas Horror Story. Yeah. That is a Christmas movie, but it's definitely not for kids. Bad Santa, like you know, like those yeah. ones. But I think the ones the ones that really reign true for years and years and years are the ones that are classics for the entire family. Mm-hmm. That's and that's what the staying power of it, because then you wanna hand it off to your kids and your kids' kids yeah. and, and all that. Um, so yeah, so I think we're I think we're kind of on the same page with yep. this. So shall we get the ball rolling? Let's, Let's it. get it rolling. So we're going to be, you'll notice, we're going to snowball. I see what you did there. Snowball? Yeah. Get it? Okay. We're going to snowball our way to the big, big topic, which will be our Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. What are the four greatest Christmas movies of all time? According to you? Is that what it's going to be? Yeah. Okay. According to you, what are the greatest four Christmas movies of all time. We're going to be going all the way up to that, but let's start small. Okay. First. First topic for debate is what is, in your opinion, the greatest made for TV Christmas special? So this is a short form Christmas movie. Short form, which means probably about 30 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. That typical 30 minute. Um, runtime is typically what these things are. So, what is the greatest made-for-TV Christmas special? Okay. Let's. That's the topic. Let's talk about what is actually on the table. What What do you got? What do you think? Okay. Now, this one I had an I had one drawn up in my mind. We were ready to air it. Yeah, I just thought of the one that's going to change everything around. Okay. So, is okay. it is it going to be your choice for the uh, for the best? Yeah. Okay, let's hold off on what our choices for the best are. Let's just talk about a few that are on the okay. table. Um, so, I mean, obviously, we got we got the big one, right? So you have, like, you know, How the Grinch Told Christmas, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman. The Year Without a Santa Claus. Also a good one. <laughs> like the Heat Miser and yep. all of that, right? So you got all that fun stuff. And then Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas so. is a great one yeah. as well. Um and and I guess you can and this might kind of spoil it a little bit what your choice is going to be because I kind of like getting all the cards on the table. Let's get all the cards on the table. So like for me, another one that not very many people have watched is a movie called A Wish for Wings at Work. That's true. That is that's one with Opus and Bill. Um, if you are even familiar with the Berkeley Breeze, the Bloom County comics, um, those were really popular in the eighties. Um, that it's a fantastic Christmas special. Awesome. My family watches it every year. It's it's great. It's on YouTube for free, by the way. So check it out. Um, so what are some other ones? Um, so I kind of have to throw this because this would be my choice for one. But if I didn't throw it in there, it'd be throwing you for a loop, you know. Uh huh. So should I do it now or hold it off? <sighs> you know what? Let's uh, let's just throw it out there. Okay. Let's just throw it out there. Okay. So this one's t- a technicality because it aired on TV one time. Okay. And it was it's technically a commercial, but it's four and a half minutes long, so it's more like a short film, so you probably know where okay. I'm going with this. Okay. So I, I know I've told you that, about this every time, but if you haven't looked at it, it's on YouTube. Um, it did air one time on TV. The Sainsbury Chocolate Company, it's a British chocolate company. I hope okay. I'm saying their name right. They, every year they do like a special Christmas short film advertisement thing. Okay. So they did one in 2014, amazing, about the story in World War One. When the British and the Germans had their ceasefire, right? And yes. for Christmas Eve, they they shared pictures, they shared snacks, they had 
Christmas together. Yeah. Amazing, powerful they, video. They played soccer. Yeah, they, they all had that. a soccer game. So I can get more into that later, but I'm pretty much describing. Okay, the whole so you're thing. just throwing the so you're throwing that yeah. one out there. That is interesting. Does that count? So I want to hear. The, I want to hear your defense now of why it, it is a. Why would it count to as a made-for-TV Christmas special? Right. That's so, what I want to hear right now. Like, so, bring it up. Do so it. Again, Defend because, yourself. Well, it was made for TV. If, it was. Yeah. It was made to air on TV. Um, it aired on the BBC in 2014, and um, it, it only. I think it only, it played once there, and I think it played once on our stations in the United States. And that was, that was yeah, it. but where, where I'm struggling with this is where it's it's a commercial. Mm-hmm. It's basically like well, a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, but it, it, it's more like it's made as a short film, though. So it's not like a minute. I mean, it's four and a half minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Which is why you can only air it once. Ooh, man, that's tough. I, I guess you know? we can, I guess we can, I guess we can allow it. I suppose we'll we'll leave it out there, but you owe me one now. Yeah, you owe me one in this that's great fine. debate. We'll that's, see. No, that, and that's the point of debates, man. Like we're we're coming out with things out of All left right. field. All right, all right. Well, I am not about that. I think that <laughs> is that is should not count personally. I don't think it should count because it's a a commercial mm-hmm. um, in the vein of kind of like Super Bowl commercials. But I mean, for the Super Bowl of all Super Bowls, because what I would counter is then the one then like every year they put out one that's awesome. Right. Like I think they're they were they the same people that did the Man on the Moon one. They, where the it. little girl is looking up at the man in the moon, and she sends him like a Christmas chocolate or something. She probably and they, they do it. Every, I've only I've only seen like two or three of theirs. I remember that, that one, and that one was those. awesome. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if yeah. I put that in the same vein as made for like TV like right. specials. And it may not where, be where where it's like a it, it's 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 basically like an episode of a TV show. Or mm. it's it's something that's, that's made true. as yeah. as an episode. Hey, this we'll buy this on DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch it every single year. It yeah. just it feels different to me. That's true. Um, so 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 for me, so my pick for the the best. Uh, it's hard for me. So I came into this wanting to say, "A wish for wings that work." Yeah. I wanted to say that. It's a good I saw, so, my goodness. So what's amazing about this movie <clears throat> is that it's full, chock full of like pop culture references that are kind of dated now because it was made in the early 90s. There's just so much. This thing is packed full of amazing stuff in the background. They give you enough stuff mm-hmm. to look in the background. There's just little quirky things about each character. Uh, Bill is a cat whose brain was replaced by tater tots. You yeah. know, and so it's entertaining, and there's enough cute critters in it that keeps the kids entertained. I've been watching it for years. And then there's so much adult humor in it that mm. slips by you as a kid. Yeah. I, I mean, this didn't slip by me as a kid, but like there's a cross dressing yeah, yeah, cockroach yeah. that shows up at one point. They go to basically an, <clears throat> out, an AA meeting, but it's airless um, birds, birds, birds that can't fly. fly. Yeah. And you get the best. <clears throat> One arguably the best performance by Robin Williams in anything ever. He plays a kiwi bird, and <laughs> he's his wife left him for an albatross yeah. because he has little wings. And the albatross has big wings. 
I wonder what they're trying to say. There's a line where he's like, what you want? Quantity equality. If you want quantity, marry a space shuttle, you shrew. But then at its core, though, like the entire movie is, is, is Opus writing a letter to Santa Claus hoping for wings at work. And then what happens is, is like something happens and he ends up learning to appreciate his wings, mm-hmm. him for who he is. And because the spirit of friendship brings everybody back together and it's the spirit of Christmas that heals this and he ends up having a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. And it's an awesome thing. And I was so prepared to give it to that. Yeah. But man, Charlie Brown Christmas. Is yeah. there, is there, uh, that movie is fantastic. Yeah. There's and it was no so problems. cool because like, you know, Charles M. Schultz thought it was going to be a failure. Mm-hmm. CBS thought it was going to be a failure. Yeah. And then it ends up being played every single year every year, uh, yeah. every, every year. like uh it, it's 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 timeless and it's so well done there's a lot of heart um and it's it is like when you think of christmas you think of that movie yeah and and it's very tough for me to get past i don't need to try and defend it to you all out there and i don't think i think you have a heart i'm going to appeal to your soul man that this movie touches us yeah. Deep inside our hearts, whether you are Jew or Gentile or white or black or um, Hispanic <laughs> or Jedi or anything, it touches us deep down inside because we all relate with Charlie Brown. Yeah. You know, when you feel like the world is against you and Christmas ends up coming and saving his soul, man, and he believes and he made a believer out of me. Yeah. Charlie Brown Christmas is the best. What do you I mean, think? it's a good. I mean, it, it really is. It, it, so that's my defensive. Yeah, no. and so and if, if you're actually going on a on like a, on an actual short made made for TV movie, then it's the best one. Mine's just a technicality of a story. But that, defend it, defend it, bring it. We'll, so, we were letting you keep it. So I love Charlie Brown Christmas, but yep. like I feel like I feel like that special is like everything that Charlie Brown Christmas was going for. But like maybe what makes it so much better is like knowing that that actually happened. Hmm. Like knowing that at some point, especially in our in where we are in the world right now, that at some point that enemies could come to the line and say, "Who cares what happens tomorrow? Tonight is Christmas. We're gonna celebrate together. We're gonna have a peaceful ceasefire." And the craziest part was when it aired on TV in 2014 was 100 years to the day hmm. after it. And <sighs> they even had the whole, like, the British, uh, I think it's like, what's their their Navy? The British Royal Navy? Like, they, or it was one of those ones. I, I can okay. be getting the details wrong on that. But I know that they were literally, no, 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 British Royal something, Legion, I can't remember what it's called. They have cool names for their military. Um, <laughs> But anyways, they literally were working with them side by side so they could get every detail right down to the playing the soccer, down to sharing the pictures. And the way it ends is so... Because the message is so good, right? Mm -hmm. The way it ends is so bittersweet because they have this night and it's so Christmas and you're getting the chills. But the way it ends is the story we know. They have to go back and they know they have to fight these people the next day. That's true. Which, how much harder does it make... Like you have to like shoot the person you just you shared a memory. With. Well, look if they if there was an uncalled slide tackle that was illegal, it makes it very easy to <laughs> yeah, fight the next true. day. And I would argue that the Charlie Brown Christmas subtly ends on the same note 
Because yeah. in a Charlie Brown Christmas, what happens next? There's a Charlie Brown, uh, There's it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, and Charlie Brown was just best friends with Lucy, <laughs> and she still pulls football out from him. <laughs> so, you know, you even get that. No. That's a, that's a really good point. And, and, and so, man, you almost convinced me, but I'm still going to go with Charlie Brown Christmas. I okay. think it is, for sure. But I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. So we'll, we'll call this one a truce okay. in the name of Christmas. Christmas! <laughs> and now it's the next day, so let's fight. Let's go! Let's battle. What's the next one? Next one we're hitting up is your favorite Christmas episode of a TV show. Oh, yeah. And this is one that doesn't... I feel like sometimes you get it a little bit in the Netflix generation, but not quite as much because mm -hmm. now things don't come out specifically on a certain date. Yeah. But definitely this is going to be feel very nostalgic because every show yeah. you've ever loved has a has one At good least movie. have that. Like, yeah. you can go back. I was doing some research on this. Yeah, you think of the... Oh, man, I forget his name now. Um, he plays Papa Elf in Elf. Oh, um, um, what, what? Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart, the Bob yeah. Newhart show. Yeah. Where he gets, he has like tonsillitis or something, yeah. or like something's wrong and he has to spend <laughs> Christmas in the, in the hospital. Like That's there's funny. that classic one, the Ed yeah. Sullivan show, the Christmas special where he has to go and, and, and buy the stuff. And the voice of all the Looney Tunes, Mel Blanc is, is, yeah. is waiting on him. Like I listened to that on the way back from my grandma's house with my mom and like and it, yeah it's an episode of tv that that was weirdly yeah. entertaining you know for how old it and is and you just made me think as we've talked these out and i had one again i'm doing it again yeah you just made it pop my mind what my favorite christmas and i think i think you're gonna might agree with this one interesting so interesting let's get some other ones on the table here so some, some well, including that one okay so so some i'll leave that one for last okay so some cla um, some classic ones I think for us the Hey Arnold Mr. Huen uniting with his daughter that is a great one. hits you at so many levels I think it was even nominated for a daytime Emmy it, it, it should have been I think it, it was been. yeah um, um, and I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure that was yeah. that was a big deal for them um, and I think the thing you all, I I forget in the episode obviously the whole thing with him uniting with the daughter yeah. is something you always remember I, I have a feeling that we're going to be coming back and talking about this in a little bit yeah. <clears throat> oh, by okay. someone's pick. <clears throat> oh, okay. <clears throat> Not so, saying who, but... Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe. Um, you <laughs> Sorry. Sa you said West Wing has a really good one. West Wing, yeah. So I'm a big West Wing fan. In Excelsis Deo is one of my all-time favorites. And I may end up throwing this in as my favorite episode. Yeah. Um, so I can kind of... Man, it's just... It tears me up every time because a lot of the episode... It, it Here's the thing, though. It was the Christmas episode mm -hmm. for that season... But it's not super Christmas, overtly Christmassy. Yeah. It's really not. And that's probably why I'm not going to go with it. But the um, end of it, like, so there's this underlying, the un, they're getting all this stuff going on, the West Wing, walk yeah. and talk, you know, Aaron Sorkin, walk and talk. <laughs> and, um, but there, the, Toby Ziegler is one of my favorite character, might be my favorite character on that show. Yeah. I just love him. He's kind of depressed at times. And so, like, I kind of relate. And he's yeah. bald and he's bearded. So I definitely relate. And... And so, but there's, a, he gets a call from the police yeah. and he ends up taking the call and it's in, he goes out and they found a man that fought in Korea. Uh, the Korean war vet died and he was homeless and he was wearing a jacket that Toby had given to 
like Salvation Army or something. Mm-hmm. And he and he wrestles with this whole thing the entire episode because like the ambulance was super late getting there and yeah. um and so he's like this man deserves a proper burial and then there's some other things that occur where you find out someone has a connection with um army vets that works in the white house i'm trying to not spoil all of this here yeah but i will i'm not gonna tell you who that is but the end of it there is like a children's choir is Mm -hmm. singing uh um the little drummer boy and it's it's beautiful it's angelic and it's juxt and it's juxtaposed Mm -hmm. against the military funeral that here ends up arranging for the guy yeah and it brings me to tears every single time. It is quiet, it's subtle, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And it, it is just a breathtaking episode. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, it's season one, if I remember right. It's just so well done. It's really good. But on less serious notes, the holiday armadillo episode of <laughs> Friends is fun okay. as well. That's another one. I'm just trying to throw yeah. out all these different Christmas yeah. episodes that I enjoy. We were talking about, you know, How I Met Your Mother, where, yeah. you know, Lily has this giant Christmas yeah. um, <clears throat> extravaganza in the room for him. And then Ted, it was, he called her a Grinch. But and he didn't say Grinch. So it causes a whole, <laughs> then she steals everything, but now they're trying to figure out how that and the whole joke of it is that they're trying to figure all this stuff out before Marshall gets home from studying for his final. Mm-hmm. But then the plot twist of what Marshall was actually doing instead of studying for his final is also hilarious. So that's um, a good another one. one. The Scrubs Christmas episode. I forget which season that occurs in, but like they have this like this girl is ends up pregnant and she goes missing, and um and and the, there's this whole thing. But it has this really cool scene where Turk runs because he starts losing faith. Because mm-hmm. he's like some people die in the hospital and like he takes it really personally and he's like a super religious guy for like for that random episode. Mm-hmm. That's not really who his character is overall, no. but like it, it comes and goes. Like it depends yeah. on which writer's writing. Yeah, it. yeah. But he um, but he ends up doing this like sprint to go find this girl um, to um, uh, Center Man. You know, yeah. oh Center Man, what are you yeah. gonna run to? It's so cool. cool. It's a really fun episode. Um, so that's another one, but. So your pick, should you, I'll go first. Okay. Um, you touched on it already. Mr. Wynn. It is called Arnold's Christmas. Is that my pick or is that your That's pick? my pick. Oh, okay. That's my pick. No, yeah. I'm going first because okay. you went first last time. Yeah. My pick is Arnold's Christmas from Hey Arnold, season one. He, what happens, Mr. Wynn is this Vietnamese guy that stays in the, um, in the boarding house with them and they do this white elephant gift exchange. And Arnold gets Mr. Wynn, but Mr. Wynn's super nice, and he gives things to everybody, and he really seems to have no need for anything. Yeah. And what he finds out is Mr. Wynn tells him that he gets sad around this time of year. And the reason is, is because his he and his daughter were separated in the Vietnam War, and he handed his daughter off into this helicopter. And the man in the helicopter takes the girl and tells Mr. Wynn the name of the city that they live in mm-hmm. because that's where he was. they were going to take her. And he spends 20-plus years trying to find his daughter. And so Arnold spends this entire episode trying to go and, and get her and find her somehow. And there are some interesting twists and turns. And, of course, Helga is in there, and she does something that's uncharacteristic of herself. Um, she ends up feeling the spirit of Christmas, and she ends up doing something nice. To be able to help and 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 it's just the reuniting at the end 
because it's a Christmas thing. It's so beautiful. It's so fantastic and it's so well done. And I have other reasons for why this is good. I have a few points for this, but how about we let you say what yours is and then we'll defend our choices even more. Okay. Go. The Batman the Animated Series Christmas episode. Do you remember what it's called? Nope. Christmas <laughs> like, with the Joker. I knew I knew the plot. So it's like it's literally <laughs> only like the fourth or fifth episode too, which yeah. is which yeah. is amazing. So of course you get the introduction of Mark Hamill as the Joker. Amazing. Ladies and gentlemen. I mean, what do you need outside of that? Like an, <laughs> a, a you know classic TV character is introduced in a Christmas episode, and it's the Joker. Yeah. Um, but it's so Christmas. It's more. I would say it's more Christmassy than Batman Returns because like. What's the big thing is at the end, they're all going to get together and watch It's a Wonderful Life with Alfred. And you find out an interesting thing about him, yeah. about Batman in that movie, So in that episode, too. Yeah. So it, it, it's one that, it, that, as I think about it, it's one I don't remember the details as much, but the more and more I think about it, it's, it's probably one of the best Batman animated series episodes. Plus, in my arguing point, I do have something I remember about it. All right. So here are my <laughs> points. One... What is more Christmassy than going and getting a gift for someone? Mm -hmm. The spirit of the holiday is truly to give up something to try. It's not about receiving gifts, right? It's about giving gifts. And Arnold spends the better part of two, like, two straight days running around and not just helping Mr. Wynn. There's a character named Mr. Bailey, which I think is hilarious and tip of the hat to mm -hmm. It's a Wonderful Life. Yep. It's so awesome. Where Mr. Bailey is working and he's bah humbug and he hates Christmas. That's and hilarious. what happens is, is he's this guy that could look up where Mr. Wynn's daughter is, mm -hmm. but, um, he, he refuses to because he's super swamped at work and then he has to go and do the Christmas shopping. So Arnold and his best friend, Gerald, Gerald, by the way, side note, best friend anybody could ever ask for. <laughs> like you're a pretty awesome friend. You are, you're fantastic. But Gerald, man, he is, he is the bomb. You are too. You're you're the Gerald of friends. I exist. Yes, you do. <laughs> Gerald does too. But like he's right there by Arnold's side, and they go and do all the Christmas shopping for him, and they can't get the, this one thing. But what I'm getting at here is they do all the Christmas shopping for this guy, and so they bless his Christmas, mm -hmm. and they give him a gift in order to give somebody else a gift. And talking about a talk about a selfless sacrifice of, as a kid going around doing all this shopping. And, and at that age, you hate shopping. You know, you just want to get gifts. But Arnold isn't. He's so giving. He's so mm -hmm. caring. And then you see Mr. Wynn, that, that reuniting at the end is so good, too. And just another aspect. How many kids shows talk about the Vietnam War? That's true. In that, like, in that it's, it's very, yeah, in very, it's very, very child-friendly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's presented in a way that kids can understand what it is, but and, and may not understand that it's the Vietnam War. But parents understand this is Vietnam. And it's that's one of the big moments in the Vietnam War mm -hmm. where like uh, where they're vacating the embassy yeah. and the helicopter's going off. And Mr. Wynn's like, yeah, I'm going to hand my daughter off here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such an awesome episode. Um, so it encapsulates the spirit of Christmas down to a T. And it is beautiful. Um, and one final note... Oscar Kokoschka is great in that episode. <laughs> they do the the original White Elephant thing. He writes all the, the names down, and he writes only Oscar. Oscar. And they're like, Oscar, you wrote only, you wrote only your name down. And he's like, ah, I'm sorry, it was a joke. And so, <laughs> and so 
you know, Hella fun good yard, that so that, those are my points i think that is the best that is by hands down better better than holiday armadillo better than doing christmas with the joker Better than Christmas with the Joker. Better than Christmas with the Joker. Arnold's Christmas. So, and it is such a good one. I just thought of this one for the sake Go. of having a Do point it. to argue with you. Do it. So, here's some good things about this. One, a common theme, no matter if it's Christmas Vacation or, you know, It's a Wonderful Life, a theme that all these Christmas movies like to have is a family just wanting to be together for the time of the holidays. Batman, Alfred, and Robin just want to spend Christmas Eve together is kind of the point of it. So it, and it kind of delves into their personal relationships between those three, which, you know, because, again, this is an early episode, so what better way to kind of delve into the kind of the family, you know, because that's a the whole bat family, yeah. Then on Christmas. So you kind of get that for the first time, plus you get the introduction to Joker, Plus, you get the the over heavily Christmas themes and the weapons are are wind up toys and stuff. But the one thing that made, that I remember about the episode is that that annoying <laughs> song that is a parody of Jingle Bells that we all sang oh, as kids. No. Was introduced in like the first two minutes of that episode. Sing Brandon, it. Could you sing the song for me? Um. I know the words. <laughs> I do know the song. <laughs> and I will tell you this. You are appealing to my side as a Batman fan. I don't know if I persuaded you to go to my side of this. But you will. I will give you this argument. Why is If that? you sing the song now for everyone to watch. Nope, I'm taking the loss. I'm taking it over one. <laughs> wow, are you serious? Yeah. Okay, then I'll take the win. And you know what I'm gonna do for the win? What's that? I'm gonna sing you a Christmas Thank song. You. <laughs> Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg, the Batmobile lost a wheel, and the Joker got away. <laughs> Like are you it. happy now? That was very good. Are you happy now? Oh my gosh. You know what? I'm embarrassed to put up a picture of the Joker smiling right now. That's great. That's Look at that beautiful smile. Yep, those are some beautiful teeth. Look yep. at that smile. All right. I'll take the win on that one. Thank you very much. A win for Mr. Win. Yep. All right. The next one is underrated Christmas film. Mm -hmm. um, before we start talking about the big ones, the big Christmas films, and this was your idea, talking mm -hmm. about what is what is the underrated Christmas films, the ones that don't necessarily make it into the pantheon of Christmas greatness. I think you had a couple in mind here. Um, so what are some movies you don't think get enough love around this time of year? Um, so some of the ones I was mentioning to you is, is uh, you know, you have those ones like, you know, Fred Claus, kind of cheesy, but still kind of has that warm Christmas ending. Paul Giamatti, Vince Vaughn, how can you go oh, do wrong? Do you know who made that guys? movie? I didn't realize this. You may have told me this, and I'm sorry if you have. I might have already forgot. It's, it's Ardman Animation. It's the only CG movie they've made. Ardman, the people that make Wallace and Gromit, the people that made Chicken Run, the people that made oh, the really? Pirates, like the Pirates, real Pirates movie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the ones that made that movie. Which one? Fred Claus. No, oh, no, no, not Fred Claus. That one's... Um, Fred Claus, Vince Vaughn, and Paul G. Well, live action. Well, what is, what's the animated one I'm thinking of then? I don't know. What is, what is, is there that one movie? called Freddy Claus? There's, there's, <laughs> it's like the other, it's, it's, it's about like his brother. Santa, but I don't 
don't know. Now I'm going to have to look this up. Oh, shoot. We that might really have another one me. for an underrated But there is, there is a Christmas movie that it, it has... Uh, yeah, so Fred Claus is the live-action one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's an Ardman animation one that is kind of... It's like... it's It might be like about an elf or something. Or I thought it was a sibling of... It's like... Santa's brother or something. Oh, okay. That sounds... I mean, that sounds... Now, obviously, awkward. it's underrated obviously, because we don't know what Obviously, it's just pop up the poster right now. As Look at that. like this. Well, I wish I could read. Okay. We can read it. <laughs> other underrated Christmas ones. Uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Sometimes it gets really bad reviews for some reason. I don't know why. We, it's, we, it's, I watched it for the first time this year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not that terrible. Bad. I mean, there's some still the fa- the way the town reacts is a little over the top. It's a little quirky. And it seems, but it's it's funny. It's to fun. me, it kind of flirts that line between being full on Christmas vacation yeah. and full on it's a the, wonderful I think life. The, yeah, like it's it's that's it's, true. it's it's like right there in the middle where it doesn't really know what it's wanting to be. Right, because the ending is like. Really emotional and really, yeah. really good. Yeah. And I, I think if you tone down, like, kind of, the, like, it's fine to have a fun Christmas movie, but. It, it, I feel like that movie, what it struggles from is it's that lack of identity where yeah. it needs to either go full on um, uh, uh, Christmas vacation yeah. or in, in goofiness and just ridiculousness, yeah. or it needs to go full on uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And just, yeah, like, and has... pick which way you're going to go, yep. especially for a movie like that. Um, some of, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. There's just all those. A lot of people I've never seen it, but a lot of people like the um, and I'm really, uh, the one with like all the famous people in it. Like oh, it started that whole formula of putting yeah, 100 famous yeah. people in a movie. Um, I, I and it has one. Rick from The Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, uh, where he's holding the cards. Yeah, he's holding the cards. Yeah. And then there's the um, there's Love another actually. F- the the the, the <laughs> ho- was it the holiday or four holiday or something yeah, four like that. Christmases. Four Christmases. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Another Vince Vaughn. Four Christmases, that's one. <laughs> um, the Day Before. Night Before? Night Before. The Night yeah. Before. That one's actually a more recent one. That one is a more recent one, but it's it? just... Ah, man, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's but, like, it's definitely not Christmas. Like, no. But, like, it has some interesting cast, too, where you yeah. have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and then, I mean, of course, you have Seth Rogen doing yeah. Seth Rogen things. But then you have... General Zod. Yeah. Like, it's just, <laughs> and, and then what's his name that plays uh, a Falcon in the Avengers? Yeah. He's the other main character. In yeah. That. Anthony so, Mackie. Yeah, that is yeah, really Anthony random. Mackie. It's a random really assortment random. of people. Uh, um, but it's, great, it's fun. Another great cameo by James Franco in that movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and I have to say, nothing related to Christmas, but my favorite thing about that movie is is the writer is Jonathan Levine. So he's mm. the guy that does warm bodies and stuff. Yeah. Um, he hasn't done much lately, but he was wanting somebody that I'm right waiting for a, a Star Wars or somebody to mm-hmm. pick up. Kind of a cool hipstery writer. But you know he's kind of from our generation because they all they want to do for one scene is go to Joseph Gordon-Levitt's family's house because he has N64 with the James Bond GoldenEye video game. We can all relate We to all that. played that game, and it's still that. amazing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so what, what would you pick as your most, like, the... Top pick for underrated Christmas. So we were film. talking about this before. My pick would technically be would technically be just friends. Okay. But it's kind of where you say it kind of is in that category where it's it's yeah. more on the diehard side than mm-hmm. on the Christmas vacation side, where it's a movie that occurs during Christmas. He wants to go and see his family. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. ends up with his family during Christmas. But the the point of the movie isn't like 
he's going to the girlfriend, you know. I'm not going to lie. I forgot that it occurred around Christmas. Yeah, you kind of forgot. I forgot. But, so. but, but the, except for the part where, like, the where Anna Ferris shows up and, like, like the, all the Christmas decorations oh, are getting blown yes, up. Yes, 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 yes. So there's enough there, I think, to make it a Christmas film. But for the sake of just one in the spirit of Christmas, the Santa Claus of Tim Allen. I'd have to go with that one. I know, like, it's kind of corny. The, the sequels are whatever. And I think that's... Well, go ahead. Go ahead. And that maybe what, what bogs it down is it has two really, really goofy made-for-kids sequels. But the first one, for what it is, and that's another one where maybe it's its greatest fault is the Christmas of the Cranks, where at some points it wants to be this really good, zany comedy kind of made for older crowds with, with Tim Allen making jokes kind of a la yeah. Robin Williams where a kid wouldn't get it, yeah. and then you get it as an older... But then sometimes it's really, really innocent with the super precious Charlie kid yeah. and the elves that are all like little cute kids and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? So it, again, it's on that same, like, it's literally like, it, it, it almost feels like it was made by Disney. It almost feels like it's Disney when they try to be like DreamWorks, you okay. know, yeah. something yeah. like that. But I still love it. So yeah. Years. Okay. For mine, um, this is a struggle for me because I think that all of my favorite Christmas movies are simply um, the best anyway. That's true. And that everyone loves them. Um, part of me wants to say the Christmas Carol movie with Jim Carrey. Mm, that's a good one. Is very good. Now, the issue I have with bringing it up in this argument is I wonder if it is underrated. Because the story it seems so pretty. It seems pretty like properly rated for yeah, me I would because think. it's really really well done in a lot I know a lot of people that really love that yeah. movie plus it's like the most like modern classic interpretation yeah. of the story so I, I don't want to I want to hold off on saying mm -hmm. it is in that um, this one you may win this with me picking this movie alright Christmas horror story. Oh my word! Oh my this movie is ridiculous. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, we've talked about this. Movie. Is ridiculously <laughs> zany, <laughs> off the wall. You can't believe you're watching this. It is just now. There, I will say, if you're watching this and you are a parent of children, there is a lot of cussing in this. There's a lot of blood and guts, and there's one storyline that you do not want to watch. Um, because what it is, it's, they call it an anthology thing, but the biggest flaw for this movie is it has four separate stories that are all going on that they're intercutting throughout the entire mm -hmm. thing. But for me, an anthology movie needs to show one short of 20 minutes and then go yeah. finish it, then go to the next short of 20 minutes, finish it, and then you know yeah. have limited like cross-cutting because I think you lose momentum of, and kind of forget what's going on in the mm -hmm. different stories. That's its biggest flaw. Um, but there's one, so the different stories are, there's one, there's a Krampus story, yep. um, which is based kind of like in our regular reality here of Krampus, but Krampus is going around. Yeah. Um, you have another story where there is um, a changeling. There's like this, the, this family goes into the woods, cuts down a tree in this part of the woods that they're not supposed to go in. Yeah. Their child goes missing, but then it comes back, but the kid is acting really strange. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's going on here? And you find out that someone's a changeling yeah. and it's and they're evil and it's just like ridiculous that there's that one. There's a storyline basically of just, it's not, I wouldn't even call it a storyline. It's almost like filler and it breaks everything up with William Shatner as a radio DJ just being a butt to yeah. the weatherman 
<laughs> it's hilarious and it's just like small town radio i think you would love it yeah because you would really appreciate that side That's of true, it I having would. worked in radio yeah. like you have and then um there's a storyline and this is the one i will caution you about where they go into like the basement a haunted basement of their school mm -hmm. where supposedly all this like haunted stuff takes place and there's like a nativity thing and there's this thing about a virgin birth and then like there it's someone gets possessed and then they want to end up carrying the baby and then you can kind of see where this is going and you have high schoolers and it shows oh, way too much yeah um it insinuates and shows way too much of that so i will caution you about that just don't watch it it's super uncomfortable and they could have easily avoided it yeah. but then this is why but this is why you watch the movie santa claus on the north pole fighting an army of zombied <laughs> infested elves that that is in this if you want to see like santa claus versus the martian the, yeah and then at the very end of the movie at the very end of the movie he shows he faces off against krampus oh my god santa versus Kramp santa v krampus dawn of, of yuletide like it's fantastic it's awesome <laughs> that is my pick for the most best underrated and I've given all cool. my reasons why. I've given all my reasons. Okay. I want to hear your um, reason. Well, yeah. you, you, go ahead. I mean, I gave you a lot of mine, too. The last thing I'll, I'll, I'll say about this is I've, as I was thinking, you know, um, a commonality of the Tim Allen roles kind of in that era, you know, Home Improvement, yeah. Santa Claus, Buzz Lightyear, um, you know, Richard Porter. Yeah. Um, they all kind of did that same thing where he's kind of this this kind of jerkish, kind of not so much with with in Home Improvement, but mm -hmm. in the other, but more kind of what he plays in the in the in the show he was just on, and yeah. where he's kind of this this kind of a, a know it all guy, kind of arrogant yeah. and stuff, and he has to kind of be grounded or whatever. But the difference, I think, what what makes you know, not that the, these are you know Santa yeah. Claus, I wouldn't say is as good as Toy Story. No. Yeah, but. As far as the character development, like Buzz Lightyear is literally only the way he is because he's manufactured to literally think he's Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. And then once he comes to realize, yeah. he just doesn't act like that. But it's not like he was like geared, you know, it's not like he was just a jerk for it. It's not like the, the villains in Toy Story. Like they became okay. that way. But if you like look at the Santa Claus, like at the beginning of the movie, he's literally a terrible person. Like he's there's, not a nice guy. There's a reason why he's, a, he's the other dad. Right? Yeah, like the ex. Yeah, and and he's and, the and, ex and, they, and and I mean, it's a, they kind of make him as sleazy as a as a G-rated Disney movie can. Mm -hmm. But he's still pretty, like he's not that close with the. He doesn't know anything about his son. He's yeah. not connecting yeah. with him at all. You've kind of seen that stuff before. But even like the joke I always tell you about, like where what I always think is hilarious. I don't know why, but like. He has the. He's trying to get the big Christmas Eve dinner prepared. Oh, he can't yeah, get yeah, that yeah. right, and they just go to Denny's, and he's like, "Oh, everybody loves Denny's," but it's like, that's just that's crappy. Yeah. Like, why Denny's? It's like the cheapest place. Yeah, dude, they got a grand slam. Though. Yeah, don't, don't hate <laughs> true. it. But like the fact that you can take that guy and make him Santa Claus, is it, it give props for Disney for being unique with that because. What, so here's what's interesting, and I made this as a point in a blog I wrote last year. Is this came out very similar to the timing of the remake of Miracle on 34th mm -hmm. Street, made by Universal, who does you know the Seth Rogen comedies yep. and stuff, and now they do the Illumination Studio, yep. Disney's Pixar and Magical and Coco and Awesomeness. So you would think the people that made the goofy Tim, like when you yeah. Tim Allen, you know Disney made it, but the yeah. goofy comedy Christmas movie about this jerk guy that learns to be Santa Claus. Yeah. Because, 
You would think that's the Universal movie. You would think the Disney one is the one with John Hammond from Jurassic Park as the most majestic Santa Claus ever put on screen. Yeah, that's true. But yet Disney, but give props to Disney for coming up with something different from your... Because you would think Disney Santa Claus is this perfect guy. Becomes Santa Claus and lips for eons. No, he's a jerk. Becomes Santa. (laughs) So I, I, I think I like that because it's a very, very interesting plot that you see all the time of the guy. Kind of like what happens in Just Friends. Like kind of starts off as the jerk but then you start morning his layers becomes a better guy except that better guy becomes santa claus yeah so that's why i think it's i'll give it to you yeah you you won me over (laughs) i love that movie so much um one of my favorite things is the commercial look up the original teaser trailer for it it's great (laughs) but like tim allen like it's like this cardboard cutout of Santa falling down, yeah. And then he's holding, oh yeah, he's, and they're like, that. "Someone new's taking over <laughs> yeah, Christmas." And it's Tim Allen, that. and then he drops the snow globe. And he's like, "Can we get a guy to clean this up?" <laughs> it's really great. It's awesome. We're gonna kind of take a break here, um, okay. And we're gonna do a change of pace. We're gonna give us a chance to rant a little bit. Okay. We're gonna rant. We're gonna call this hot takes. Okay. Uh, the Christmas film. So hot this isn't take. really a debate. We're just so this going. is not a debate. Okay. This is a chance for you. Okay. To give us. For one minute, a rant about a Christmas movie mm-hmm. um, or a Christmas tradition or something like that that either you love and nobody else loves or you hate and everybody else loves, something to that extent. Um, and try and just like plead to the masses your case. Okay. So, my hot take, I think, and I maybe. I don't know if this is a super, super hot take. I think a lot of adults think this, but I don't know. I think the rake and bass stuff, even as a kid, I always thought was hot garbage. What? The rake and bass stuff, like the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, the stop motion? Yeah. What? Yeah, as I, a kid? Even as a I never could stand those things. I just thought they were clunky. Their characters were all annoying. I remember the plot lines because they played 50 times a day. <laughs> But, like, I didn't like them. They were just there, and it was Christmas, and I was going to watch it. And I'm convinced it's, like, the thing with what they always say about um, It's a Wonderful Life, where, the, the like, it didn't do very well originally, so then the TV, everybody got the TV rights to it, that it's What's a Wonderful mm-hmm. Life is, like, a classic. Where these ones, I feel it was, like, made cheek, or made cheap, produced cheap, didn't do much, and every every network was like, yeah, we'll air that 50 times. There's no names attached to it. There's no good anime. I mean, the stop motion... Granted, that's a lot of effort, but what would those movies come out in the 60s? Yeah, I think you want so. to see good stop in animation, look 30 years earlier and watch the King Kong movie. <laughs> like, they made monsters fight in live action, and it still kind of holds up almost like 80 years later or whatever we're at from 1933 when that movie came out. And they're like, <laughs> those movies are garbage. I'm sorry. So every time I watch it, I'm just imagine Walt Disney watching that movie and being like, you know, maybe leaving Earth in the next 10 years wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> so my question for you, take. based off of your hot take, is are you going to show your kids, your future kids, those movies? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so you're perpetuating the stereotype. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Here is my hot take. <clears throat> World, I appeal to you. And your senses as human beings. We need to stop watching and believing the lie that is. I heard what you're saying. The live action Grinch movie is hands down the worst 
Christmas film ever created, <laughs> nay, worst film ever it's created. Not the worst film. It may be. It may be worse than Room. No, that's, the Room. That's the good, Room. That's I good like bad. Room with re- The Room. The Room is good. The, bad, it may yeah. be worse than The Room. Oh, hi, Mark. That's genius. But how the Grinch stole Christmas live action version is the worst film. And here's the re- here are some reasons. Point number one. The biggest reason I think you can point to is that its success led to the creation of that awful cat in the hat cat in the hat that was bad with michael myers yeah. if we didn't if we didn't believe the lie that was the grinch stole christmas was good that movie doesn't happen we rid the earth of that scum That's... but no we believe that the grinch stole christmas was actually good and i will say i was an impressionable youth i was young when that movie came out and i was taken to the movie theater to watch it i did the grinch like thing all over because i thought it was hilarious and then i rewatched it and realized that it is one of the worst films ever created. This is why. There is a way to do an adaptation of something. When you are adapting something, it's okay to change things. It's all right to tweak story elements. It's all right. I like the kind of like that darker Man of Steel is compared to the Christopher Reeve Superman. Mm -hmm. That's okay because at its fundamental roots, he is still the same character, but we are seeing him come to that point. And you see that come to fruition in Justice League, right? You can adapt different stories differently to update it to modern times and be able to do it, but at its heart, at its core, the film, the story, elements, <coughs> excuse me, all stay the same. In the, take Man of Steel, for instance. In Man of Steel, they didn't make Zod the good guy and Man of Steel the bad guy. They yeah. didn't do that. They didn't change these people drastically to flip their roles, okay? Sherlock Holmes is another great example of that, where you adapt it to the modern times. There are elements of the Miracle on 34th Street that are adapted to modern times from one one iteration to the next. Mm -hmm. You see that time and again. That's okay. But what the Grinch does is it takes a Grinch that you're supposed to not like Mm-hmm. And the people of Whoville, who you are supposed to adore, you may get annoyed by how positive they are, but I tell you what, they are not. They are not motivated by gifts. They are not motivated mm-hmm. by the material things in this world. And dare I say, they're actually kind of really super sweet people. And the Grinch <coughs> hates all of those aspects of those people. Yeah, That's what he hates. That's what he's motivated by. That's why he hates them and because he thinks that if he steals all their toys, they're not going to be happy anymore. So he takes it and he learns a lesson and comes yeah. around and ends up saving the day, saves all the presents, and gives it back to him. Okay, in the live-action Grinch, they give you a reason why he hates Whoville. You know why he hates Whoville? Because the Whoville people, people, the Whovians, the people down in Whoville made the Grinch go, boo, who, who. Because as a kid, he was made fun of. Because he was different. He was outcast because he was different. Yeah. In the movie, you see that there's only one Whoville, person down in Whoville, that is actually a good person. It's Cindy Lou Who, who is far more than just two in that movie, Dara, <laughs> let me tell you. She's the only one that's like, hey, Christmas is about family, yeah, it's yeah. about friends, it's about giving and all this stuff. But they're all about gifts. They're all about recognition. They're all about this facade that they're yeah. perpetuating. And you know what? The Grinch is the hero of that story in the live-action Grinch. Because he steals all that crap and teaches them a lesson. You know what's something I'm, I'm thinking about as I hear you rant about this? What? I don't know if this is truth, but I'd like to discover this. The song, Where Are You Christmas, that's in the movie, mm-hmm. is, was like a huge hit. It's played every year. Yeah. movie is, is kind of silly and the song's kind of corny, but it's still like a classic you, you hear every mm-hmm. year. 
makes you wonder if who who made that Universal? Yeah. Okay. So then they. Well, I don't a, know. I don't I, care. I don't know. Well, because they make all the other yeah. stuff now. That's what the suit yeah. stuff. But anyways, it makes you wonder if they had a record label with that song, knowing that was going to be a huge Christmas hit, and they knew they were making The Grinch. They wanted to put that in their movie, but that song doesn't fit the movie of The Grinch. So they had to change it? So they changed well, the look, movie to Well, look, I don't it. care. I don't give a crap. No. I'm not done ranting. I'm not done ranting, okay? <laughs> finally, finally, what the heck is going on with Jim Carrey? I love Jim Carrey. I like Jim Carrey, but he sounds like Sean Connery on a bad day. He doesn't like he's it. Like, he's like, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I'm the Grinch. Actually, I'm Sean Connery. It's a terrible film. It is horrible. I am not showing my kids that thing. Ron Howard, how dare you make something so terrible and put your name on it. I'm just, it just, it, it hurts me deep down inside. And I, those are harsh words for you, Ron Howard. I'm sorry if you somehow watch this. Like, dude, let's talk. But about some of those directions and things. But it's just not a good adaptation. It's terrible. And I wish we would never watch it. End rant. And now back to these messages. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that's our hot takes. All right. I yep. don't know which one of us seen. I mean, we, you like the... I think with your hot take, I think a lot of people agree with you. Like it's, one but they're of, afraid to say anything. I know, I don't know. There, there's lots of internet people. Don't but like I mean, it. I mean, look the the. the but the, with the rake and bass stuff, man, you don't find a whole lot of people like me that can't stand those movies. Um, and and I think like and the difference that I think makes me look like a worse person is like there's literally bad qualities of your movie. Mine just feels like a personal choice. Like I just seem like a yeah. curmudgeon for not liking Christmas well, you might classics. Be. Anyway. So we're coming down to the end here. We have two final categories. The first one I want to talk about is what is the best non-Christmas Christmas movie? Mm -hmm. um, and we have a few, and you and and so a few that come to mind. One of them, I already know what my favorite is, so I'm saving it. You know what my favorite is, mm -hmm. so I'm saving it. Okay. Um, a lot of people love like Lethal Weapon. Nightmare Before Christmas is kind of in that category. Uh, oh, I don't, wait, no, oh, that's a Christmas movie. Man, I think it's a weird, that's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie, and a Halloween movie. That's it what's is. Weird it, about that it has dual citizenship. Yeah. It is not a non-Christmas movie. I will yeah. argue you on that sucker sure. all day, every day. <laughs> so and 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 yeah so yeah those are that one okay so awesome. my my take for the best non-christmas christmas movie is batman returns um yeah i i have it as my i joke around with people a lot and say it's my favorite christmas movie um because in in it, it takes place around christmas um and the final the final phrase the final line of the movie is merry christmas master wayne and he's like, Merry Christmas, Alfred. Ah, there's a cat. That must mean Catwoman is still alive. Um, but anyway, but it's all, it, he's saving Christmas, man. He's yeah. talk, about, talk about the spirit of giving mm -hmm. that comes with Christmas, where it's better to give than to receive. What does Batman receive for all of his efforts? Some claw marks, mm -hmm. some battered, battered body that he does it takes a toll he spends a ton of money to protect gotham right and he, but he gives his all and he protects them from penguin he protects them from max shriek shrek which is interesting that he's like his character's kind of modeled after nosferatu the actor that played him and everything that's really interesting fun fact because his character has the same name as mm -hmm. the guy that played 
Nosferatu. Um, but in that movie, I just, I love it. And, and we've brought it up in podcast past, but that is my favorite, like, purely Batman movie mm-hmm. outside of the warehouse scene from Batman v Superman. That one, that one might be up there. But um, purely Batman movie, that's my favorite. And best non-Christmas Christmas movie, for sure. That takes the cake and runs with it for me. What about right. you? So best non-Christmas, I know this is one I've hinted at before throughout it. I'd go with Just Friends. Oh, best non-traditional. Man. So this one, and, they, and I kind of want to do it for the underrated because I feel like it's not as well known as those other ones. And it's ones. not. No, it's, it's not. not. You, there for a while, like eight, nine years ago, it was used to play on Comedy Central. It mm-hmm. might still, but our area doesn't what, get I by. I remember when it was on there, right? Um, but, uh, and, and now it might start getting some replays because Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool yeah. blowing up with that. Um, but there's so many good things. The thing for me, I think when I think of Christmas comedies, and we'll get onto that later, but the one thing about, like, what makes comedies great for me is, like, yeah, jokes work here and there. There's some funny scenarios. But for me personally, like, my favorite kind of comedies is when there's, like, five or six just different hilarious characters that have things you never forget. So Ryan Reynolds is, is good and funny and up, up to his usual. The first ten minutes of that movie are comedic gold for him. As I being have this, to agree. Uh, that's great. Um, Anna Faris, um, the former weird. Mrs. Pratt, really good in that movie. Um, um, the brother is great. Ryan Reynolds' brother in the movie is hilarious. He's a guy I always would see in some movies, but was surprised wasn't more yeah. of those kind of roles because he is really good. Like He just is a little brother. He's yeah. so good at it. Um, even his, his hometown friends get a, get a couple great lines. And another underrated funny character in the movie is, and I always forget his name, but he is such a good character actor. It's like the guy from like the office space oh, and like dodgeball. Yes, yes. He's his boss. And he only has like maybe two minutes of screen time, but like the parts he's in are just like, how was Ryan Reynolds working for this guy? Like mm-hmm. it, it usually would be the other yeah, way around. Yeah. But the way they make that work is just so good. And this mom, I forgot about his mom. She his is mom so gets great. so many good she, I don't know what her name is, but she's from Haggerty. But she's from Airplane. Yeah. And then even the guy that's usually like the least interesting American Pie character mm-hmm. is getting written a lot better character in this movie. Like as like kind of the love foil. Like he gets a lot of good lines and stuff. Um, Dusty Dinkleman. The names in this movie are also hilarious. Um, But yeah, so just for like a straight up comedy, it's good. But the Christmas elements, and that might be what hurts me, is like it occurs during Christmas, but it's not overly overly Christmas themed. However, like I was talking about earlier, the one scene that hits you right in the face of like is like it's it's it seems like it's kind of almost an homage to like something like Christmas Vacation. Is the scene where like literally everything like blows to a head. Oh my gosh! And like there's like a, this giant Christmas lights that, like you know being knocked out and things are blowing up yeah. and reindeers are being drugged by cars. And my favorite part about that whole thing is the aftermath of it, which they said this wasn't meant to happen. So the next day, they, they, Ryan Reynolds comes back to the house. To, it said his you know the girl he likes is ha- like her house. Yeah. So he comes to talk to the dad, and he's like, "You, I can cover this or whatever," because he's like the celebrity yeah. or whatever. And he's like, "He's like, I just like to say, I'm, I'm sorry for everything that unfolded." And then on the set, there was like a tree that like fell, but like oh. it wasn't supposed to happen. And he's like, without even flinching, he's like, "And that." <laughs> it's just oh like gosh. so good. <laughs> that movie, uh, it, 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 I'll, I will give your movie some props. Like that movie. <laughs> 
Um, I remember loving that growing up, um, watching it all the time. Um, probably once we were middle school, high school, yeah. watching it all the time. Yeah. And and Ryan Reynolds was great. And the yeah. fat suit parts are fantastic. <laughs> He's like, oh my god. That, like that's that's a great. Those, those are comedic gold. He literally might be like. There may be others, but he may be like. And maybe that's kind of the struggle he's had coming up in Hollywood is like, he's really, really, really funny, but he has the kind of the weakness of looking like Ryan Gosling. Yeah. So like the roles he's best is Deadpool and like this, at the beginning of yeah. Just Friends where you can't tell it's him yeah. and you just it's, see it as a really, really it's, goofy it's person. It's a really interesting case study of like, you know, <laughs> when you you try and escape, but then like your troubles still follow you because like yeah. he's completely opposite the way he is in high school. Yeah. You know, um, so that's really interesting. But Batman, man, <laughs> that man. I mean, you already chose Batman for one of your one of your things, and yeah. like with Batman Returns, and just like it's it's Christmas everywhere, <laughs> it's snowing all the time, yeah. and it's just like it's interesting because we never think about our heroes around the holidays, you know. And so he just runs with it, and we get. I'm trying. I'm trying to defend it as being better than Just Friends when it comes to Christmas movies. I yeah. think you may have convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I love. I love Batman Returns. But, it is a good movie. Uh, and I, and that, Batman Returns is actually. I remember back in the back in the day. Like I don't think they do it as much anymore. But like, if you were a kid from the '90s, you probably really remember this. Especially if you were like me and you had like three channels. Mm-hmm. Um, NBC used to be really, really big on like around the holidays, like playing a bunch of movies and stuff. Like there was one like every night, and you knew which one it was going to be because they would advertise it. And I remember Batman Returns is one like every year they'd play. Nightmare Before Christmas was another one. Jurassic Park for whatever reason, but why oh, not? Yeah. Um, well, because they made it. It was NBC Universal. Uh, but yeah, like I remember Batman Returns on all the time, and I was like four or five, yeah. and now I go back and watch. I'm like, why was I watching that in Jurassic yeah. Park as a yeah. five year old? I tell you what, it's not it's not Yuletide cheer. It's yeah. Yuletide dreariness. Yeah. But like Batman saves the day at the end, so I'm I'm hanging on to my Batman. I'm okay. hanging on to him. So, so who's gets the win? Is this a, another tie or I don't know. Oh, mm. let's. I'll give this one to you. Are sure, we even keeping a score at this point? Well, the, the fans at home are, right? <laughs> the fan at home is. Thanks, Hi, Raymond's mom. mom. Um, <laughs> My mom so let's internet. so let's go let's go to the final here one. Here we go. The let's big wrap kahuna. it up. I I took notes okay. on this on your Mount Ru- on my Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. <laughs> So I think the best way to do this is to reveal one at a time. Okay. Um, now this, I will make the disclaimer. This is not what we think is yeah. the best, like subject, uh, objectively, the best. I think I like I have that list on here for me, and it's very different than what my personal list actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, for you personally. What are your top four greatest Christmas movies of all time? Do you have the list in your head? Yep. Okay. I say, I'm guessing there is one that is the same on both of our lists. Mm -hmm. So we might as well start with that, with the similarity. With the one that's on this boat? Probably on both of our lists. Um, There's a big one. Was it? Uh, it's very Home hard. Home Alone Two. No, it's not Home Alone Two. <laughs> that wasn't on mine either. Okay, good. Sure. <laughs> um, it's Krampus. Yeah, yeah. Krampus. Yeah, that's not yeah. on there either, right? Yeah. Is it? 
No. Nightmare Before Christmas? Is that on both of ours? No, it's not on mine. Maybe on yours. Uh, but, okay, yeah, come but on. Let's, let's it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. I think we can, we can agree, there's not much debate here, that it is the best Christmas movie of all time. It's, it's, it's or the, it's at least, like, top two. It's kind of the, even if you don't, even if you objectively don't think it's, like, the best Christmas movie, you at least have to give it to the props of being kind of the, and, and it's actually a perfect scenario, is giving it the props to being kind of the, the Richard Donner Superman movie of Christmas movies, yeah. or, you know, the, the John Wayne classic western, of, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. those ones, they're, yeah, they're kind of corny, they're kind of cheesy, but they're what all these things but it is, are But it is for. the quintessential Christmas yeah. movie. And that, it is. Yeah. Where you someone down on their luck, and it's something yeah. around Christmas is yeah. what brings them back. Yeah, you know, and that it's just I don't think we really need to talk about it. No, um, that much. Where that is the that is number one. That is the George Washington. It really base is on and our Mount Rushmore. It's really one movie for me. I know there's a few people that don't like it just because of the super romantic ending with, with yeah. everything working out for him or whatever. But, like, it is one of those movies, the more and more you watch it, you really do see, like... And that's been the one thing that I know a lot of people complain about is he wanted to throw his life away. But, like, it's, it, it really is good seeing, like, yeah, he gets the happy ending and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it, every time I watch it more and more, you kind of see, um, you know, the character of George Bailey and people you've met in life, yeah. you know? Yeah, we um, all know a Bailey. Yeah, like a guy that just gives and gives, never gets the credit for it, and then... Not to be confused with the Bailey from the Hey Arnold. Yeah, not that Bailey. Not that Bailey. Uh, but, you know, he just gives it, and all, he does all these things for everybody with never asking for a penny, but... You know, he may never go further in life, but everybody around, you know, yeah. you know it kind of seems like, you know, most people might have had a teacher like that or somebody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that that's a, that's why it's... That one, it's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And then just seeing how, like, that spirit of Christmas ends up, like, rallying everybody around them together. Yeah. And you see, it's interesting because, like, you see, it's rare in life where you get to see how what your good deeds have done yeah. actually yeah. affect the people around you and everybody realizes it and it and it really it should be touching to all of us mm-hmm. um where like if we have that person we need to go and say thank you to them we need to yeah. actually show them our appreciation because sometimes they forget yeah. somehow some way they, they forget so yeah i it's it's the best that is hands down it is the best yeah now i'm guessing the rest of these aren't nope. the same nope. um so i'll let you Tell us one. What so is on your I'll go, list? So I'll should, go. We, should we reveal the whole list or just one? Um, it's up to you. Uh, um, I'll let you take this one. Let's just go. I'll, I'll reveal my next three, then you'll reveal our next okay. three, and then we'll kind of talk about what we okay. like about. Let's go. So, uh, you know, this one's one of the bigger funny movies of the 21st century. Um, I'm going to go with Elf. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then for us millennials, a classic for us was Home Alone. So I'll put that one on there. And then... Um, Kind of the tier two of my favorite Christmas movies that I watch every year. I'll put um, Christmas Vacation. Okay. So. Well, that's a very interesting three. I think a lot of people are going to agree with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to agree with you. Okay. Um, I believe uh, we agree on It's a Wonderful Life. Yep. That's I'm all all for It's a Wonderful Life. Yep. like that movie a lot. Um, the next one I'm going to say is, um, you alluded to this, and I took grave offense. Mm-hmm. I will say. Yeah. I took grave offense to this. Yeah. The Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie, shall always be a Christmas movie, and it always has been a Christmas movie. It has dual citizenship <laughs> in Halloween spooktides, but it is a Christmas movie. Um, That's true. 
It is a Christmas movie. Um, the next one I'll say is, um, and we agree on Elf. We agree okay. on Elf. I think that's that's hard. You can't argue with that mm -hmm. one. Um, some other things that I think could have gotten some love um, for my final spot, White Christmas is a classic one. Mm -hmm. um, Christmas in Connecticut is another classic. Um, that's, that's I mean, it's pretty good. It's, it's interesting mm -hmm. in this culture of fake news um, because this person's ousted as being fake. Um, yeah. with the news that she gives. Um, it's really interesting. But I have to go with the Polar Express. Really? The Polar Express is on the Mount Rushmore, the pantheon of Christmas wow. movies. I it was groundbreaking in its animation. It is fantastic. Yeah. Um, just the book is great, and they do a great job of sticking to the book, but then adapting it and mm -hmm. making it bigger. And and it's just so well done, and the and the score, the Alan Silvestri score mm -hmm. is amazing. Robert Zemeckis is on point. Um, I I think I like it better than the Scrooge. Um, the that he ended up doing the, the same oh, really? director. Yeah. I like it better than that. Wow. Um, just because we've seen Christmas Carol a ton of times, and it could yeah. have easily been here, but the Polar Express is just so neat, and it really captures like the innocence of youth and Christmas, and it's just it's just so I love it. I know mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that argue will argue with me on yeah. that, um, but I think it is a great Christmas film and deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore Mount Rushmore of. Christmas movies. You said you're going to argue with me on it. There's not really many I'll argue on you, yours. Maybe Christmas Vacation. I, I get the I get the appeal mm -hmm. and I understand, um, but it's super, super, super goofy for me. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I love Christmas Vacation. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. A Christmas Story is another one that I, yeah. I actually, I could sub Elf with yeah. um, Christmas A Christmas story. story just because it's, to me, it's the same kind of, it's similar humor, mm -hmm. um, but and, and I think you could easily swap that in and out. Yeah. So it's almost like um, I think with it's like a, a two-headed president right. would be on there for me, Elf in A Christmas Story. But the classic nature of that, how it's just taken on a life of its own, what? and it's it's fantastic. Look, the musical version sucked, but of, Elf, <laughs> yeah. of, of no, 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 of, of A Christmas Story. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah I didn't hear but, that. But and I think it could easily be on that that list as well. Yeah, um, it, it deserves to be on. Um, yeah, with, with depending on the Christmas vacation one, going back on that one, as I hinted at it earlier. Um, so, uh, uh, interesting. So, you would fight me on Christmas vacation over Home Alone? I would... Yeah, I would leave Home Alone on there. Really? Home Alone's great. That's surprising. Home Alone's a fantastic movie. I like both, but I like, I like Christmas. Vacation I think, but in, and it's and it's again, it's just something about that the innocence of youth. <laughs> That's true. Being involved in a Christmas movie, yeah. I think, is because we all think of that. And so, yeah. and and that's I think, I think that's what I, think what I, like I love about, about Christmas Vacation. And maybe like maybe it's just a personal thing of growing up in this area. Is like like my mom and I have always talked about that. Like the movie, if anything, for Hollywood's got to be a bit exaggerated mm -hmm. to be funny. And yeah. I mean, like funny things obviously happen in life, but on screen they yeah. have to take it to the next level. But the thing that I think that makes it so funny is like the characters. Like, and I don't want to get into too much because it could be borderline offensive. But like. The way the characters react and do certain things are like that happens in real life. Oh, they're definitely a typical family. You know what For I mean? Sure. Like like yeah. the grandparents falling asleep in the middle of the day and mm -hmm. and stuff like just you know like there's scenes where people will ring the doorbell and and Rusty or somebody's just mindlessly watching a Christmas special. Like we do those things. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. they get that, but 
there is something. The, the, what I have always loved about the movie, whether it's something serious or something funny, is it seems like it's a movie I've seen a hundred times, and, and that's when you know writers are just at their best. Whether it's anything, comedy, drama, you know, horror. Um, when they're doing, when they're at their ultimate A game, like it's where you watch the movie, you pick up something new every single time, mm-hmm. an Easter egg there or that, you know. And it's the little ones like I watched it a few times before I realized in the funny part where where Clark and, and Eddie it's the first scene where he just got there so they're walking around the living room and there's the funny part of the dog drinking the tree water but they're drinking out the mugs and then like and now it's known because they made him a product but back before it wasn't like they're drinking out of the mugs from Wally World yeah so that's a that's yeah, an Easter that's egg cool. to the first that's movie cool. that's cool um, and another one that's really really good and that I've always liked um, I know I'm rambling a bit here is um, and this is one I never noticed until I saw a Nostalgia Critic episode about this. Is So the whole thing is they get that whole, again, with the family thing, the, the father-in-law kind of being on, on Chevy Chase's case, Clark's case, but not on Eddie's mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. And, and so he's been, they, they've been nagging on him the whole, epi- the whole movie, the, all the way through, and, it, and it's funny every time. And there's a part at the end, and and, and that's what, it, what I was saying about like things you never pick up. Like Towards the end when like he's like... You know, it's after he loses it and goes on the long rant, and it's funny. There's a part where you see he's, like, about ready to give up hope. And it's where, like, the things on the tree are all burned, yeah. and the ornaments are falling off. And there's a part where, like, they're, like, is there anybody, you know, it's, I think it's after the dog running in the house. And the movie gets serious for a bit. And the police come in, and they're, like, they're, like, you know, they're starting to support Clark and, and all the craziness. The first person to stand is the father-in-law, hmm. which is really interesting because it's like he's been on his case for the whole time he's been in this yeah. movie, but even he is the first one to realize like this guy's gotten the worst yeah. end of the deal, huh. you know? Yeah, I think I, I, that's. I mean, it's all valid points. It's a good movie, um, but it just doesn't make mine. Yeah. Now you have an issue with the Polar, Polar Express. Express. Let me hear it. Well, and and maybe, maybe it's because I didn't see it as a kid. I started seeing it with my nephew Rocco would watch the movie every Christmas or every every day last Christmas. And and so I guess I was wasn't there for the nostalgic part of it. Like something like Toy Story will always be in my heart. Um uh, like I can't get over the fact I don't know if you knew it, but I think once somebody told I think Meredith, my you know, my sister in law told me that like it makes sense. Like the the kids aren't actually kids. They're like CGI version of like Tom Hanks and like actual adults made to be kids. And it's their voice work and stuff, but they make it seem like kids. And like it's passable, you don't really notice it. And maybe that's why it's funny. But except for the one like heavily nerdy, nerdy kid that's obviously like a fifty-year-old man doing the voice. Okay. Like there's just there's just some interesting choices in the movie. But it's it. But it's Robert Zemeckis. Like he doesn't make. I mean, he's the same guy that no. like in in Back to the Future, one of the greatest movies of all time. I've always said is literally the most expensive, most well-made high school play of all times because you have, like, you know, one guy playing four different characters yeah. at four different ages. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what like I will that. argue on that point. Now, I, I... Did Tom Hanks... I don't think Tom Hanks literally played every single kid. No, but he plays the main kid. Okay. Now, this is part of the story. Mm-hmm. He plays the main kid. Yeah. He also plays Santa Claus. Right. He also plays the conductor. Mm-hmm. He plays the ghostly uh, hobo. I still don't understand that character. Okay. And he also plays the dad. Right. And he also is the narrator as himself. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. You're a kid. 
you are a child, mm -hmm. okay? And so basically we can assume that the kid is birthed by mom and dad, yeah. right? Mom and dad both had a part in that. Mm -hmm. And so that explains him. And then all of the other like dominant male figures in the, in the film, mm -hmm. um, like the hobo guy, the conductor, and then um, Santa Claus mm -hmm. all were also look like his dad because that's he's projecting that on him. It's almost like these different parts because like he's being he's been told by by his dad um, uh, that Santa's real, mm -hmm. right? So he's been told by that, and it's almost like he's dreaming all of this up. Mm -hmm. And so you have a figure that is telling him that you know, Santa, of course Santa's real. Drink yeah. some hot, 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 hot chocolate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but then there's someone else that's challenging his thinking as well. You know, yeah, and so both of those people are played by his dad because it's like the dueling sides of like, yeah. should he believe his dad or should he not? And then of course Santa ends up being like his dad as well. Yeah. And so I, to me, it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then like the kid that you're talking about that has like the 50 year old voice, whatever yeah, you want to say, yeah, yeah. that is the exact same voice as that kid. I always forget his name, but it's it's the same voice as one of the kids in Dexter's Laboratory. Oh yeah. And so for me, I buy into it. Rivor, yeah. Yeah, that, that has a crush on Dee Dee. So like Mandark, <laughs> thank you. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but he, but it's the same voice. Yeah. If it's not the same voice actor, there that's that's like what him. they're trying to yeah. do. So that's so I'm forgiving of that because that voice is familiar with something that I'm already that's familiar true. with as being a kid's voice. Yeah. Um, but it's like overall the songs are great. The score is fantastic. The spirit of Christmas is definitely evident through the whole thing. You get Aerosmith in there as well. The rock it on top That was also weird. It was, it, it was awesome. Yeah. I was just like, all right, that's not in the book, but that's cool. Uh, that's cool. And so it's just, it's, yeah. overall, I love that movie dearly. It's, so it's much. good. The, it does, so I was going to tell you, I was talking, so, so, We'll just leave it at that. So it, it, it's not a bad movie in any case. It just wouldn't be my top four. However, it does do this thing, which, again, to bring up the Nostalgia Critic, and then we'll try to end that quickly. So the, his page years and years ago, they talked about these things called Big Lip Alligator Moments. Have you okay. ever heard of this? Hmm. So basically the way they described it is in, in uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, there's a part towards like the ending scene where like there's like this side quest where this alligator with big lips comes up and there's a big song and dance number and the dog's in there and everything and then it just ends and it's like nobody acknowledged that even happened. Okay. It had nothing to do with the plot. It just completely diverted. Okay. So, and more recently, like Moana had one. Have you seen that one yet? Yeah. So the whole crab thing. Okay. They get to the crab and he has this big song and dance number okay. and they leave the crab and it's like it never happened. So this one has the... So, and one last example is the epitome of that is the scene from... Um, Willy Wonka, where they go through the tunnel with all the creepy oh, stuff. Okay. With the, and then they're like... The best scene in the movie. Yeah, and then it just okay. happens and gone. I just want to point out that that's the best scene in the movie. Of Willy Wonka? Yeah. So of this one, movie. this one has one that I feel like is almost an okay. homage to that. The really creepy part with the puppets and he goes through the car and the hobos. Yeah, okay, come. yeah. What the heck was that? I'll tell you what that is. What? It's like he's talking about like how all these toys are left and forgotten and there's like a recycling thing. Oh, okay. You know? That's what... But I mean like there is no other reason for bringing that up later in the movie anyway. Yeah. Because it's just one car. It just, that's all it is. Every time I watch that, it's just like... And, you look, and it's the ghost character that's yeah, haunting him. It's the guy that's trying to get him to not believe in Santa Claus or 
which is kind of what he seems to be. But yeah. he's really just challenging him to believe in this himself. Yeah. You know, don't rely on what your parents are saying. Figure yeah. it out for yourself. I'm a ghost. You believe? In, yeah. He's like, do you <laughs> yeah. believe in ghosts? Very interesting. <laughs> because then he ends up being yeah. a ghost. Yeah. So. Um, I think it's a necessary thing, and it's one of the better parts of the movie. That's what I was trying to get you with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like the Willy Wonka boat scene. Yeah. Um, the original Willy Wonka, yeah, I'm yeah. guessing. It's like one of the best parts of this movie, and it just and it just unnerves you enough to yeah. get you kind of like questioning some other parts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I think it's definitely necessary, and it's a great part of the film. Um, but I love Polar Express. But I, I think overall, like so, uh, the top fours, as you see right there. I mean, we're different. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm gonna Different. change. I'm gonna change Elf out on mine for Christmas Story. Really? Um, I think you have the nostalgia factor there. That's true. It's the lovableness, and I just like the whole like yeah. the kid the kids telling the story from his point of view. Fudge, yeah. and it's just there's so much bumpuses, so many quotable lines in there, mm -hmm. and then you get the dysfunctional family element yeah. of Christmas yeah, Vacation in there too. as well. Yeah. Um, and it's on all day on Christmas, so that's, that's that helps out as well. So that's that's our lists. Yeah. That is the great debate. And we didn't throw any punches. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> Love this guy. Um, so uh, that has been the great debate. The debate before Christmas. Um, so Austin, where can people find you this holiday season? Not in the state of Ohio. I can tell you <laughs> that. Um, but you can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, or uh, or Snapchat, and I probably won't get back to you because it's Christmas holiday season time, and social media is like last on my list of importance. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, at official R Morris. Make sure you follow everything. Twitter is at rtj underscore productions. Instagram and Facebook is like the Instagram.com or Facebook.com slash um, Red Turbo Jacket Productions. Look us up on YouTube. But honestly, spend some time with your families, man. Um, you never know like what awesome memories mm. can occur, um, what new movies you're going to find, what what thing might be on your Mount Rushmore yep. of Christmas movies. Um, so spend some time with family. Enjoy that. Cherish that. And watch some amazing Oscar-worthy movies um, that will be coming out yep. this time of year. Like Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> um, man, I've done a lot of singing today. It's almost like it's a Christmas special. <laughs> so uh, for the Real Good Podcast from Red Turbo Jack Productions, I'm Raymond Morse. And I'm Austin James. Merry Christmas. You want to tell me? And happy Festivus. Festivus <laughs> for the rest of us. Yeah, Merry Christmas from us. Um, have a good time.